um, I want to share a few things tonight from from our trip and um, things that I think are uh, are going to have an impact for us um, in the next few months. And uh, so, in sharing them, I think there's opportunity for those of you that are heading away, uh, just to kind of know uh, where we're headed a little bit and some things that you can pray for. Um, for those of you that are going to be here this summer, you know, summer is an interesting time in the life of this church um, because we do have to say bye to folks, um, be it um, just for a season even. Um, and people are traveling, driving cross-country to places like Texas. And so people are coming and going. Um, but I, I do believe that God has tremendous purpose for us in these next few months. And I believe that it's um, really a valuable time for us to um, prepare some things, to recalibrate some things, to pray into and ask for a vision for um, the months ahead. And, um, and so we're going to do that. Um, one of the things that really happened um, for me on our trip was just this, um, there was a lot of really good information, but I think more than that, um, there's just a sense that God removed some um, discouragement for me. And um, I didn't really, I wasn't fully aware of it until coming back and sharing some of that with David and um, just this realization that, you know, for each one of us, we have problems. If you don't have problems, um, you should write a book about it and um, sell that. Um, but as Christians, I think sometimes we, we look at our problems and our request is, or how we manage those problems or deal with them is, we, we, we ask God to get rid of them. <laughs> God is the great problem solver, but he doesn't often just get rid of the problems in our lives. And when our problems don't go away, sometimes we get frustrated by that. Anybody? Anybody? Um, We get frustrated by it. Um, Or we get discouraged by the problems. You know, especially when you try to fix them and it's not working. And, um, you know, I feel like there's been some things for me in my heart that um, particularly even as I'm thinking about where we are as a church and where God is taking us and some of the things that we haven't seemingly been able to fix or figure out. Um, And I've been discouraged because of that. Been discouraged because when you look at a problem and you don't know how to fix it and it continues to persist, that will discourage you. And um, if God is not wanting to just get rid of the problems, then what does He want to do? And I, I think that one of the things that happen and that's so important for us in the middle of our problems, okay, whatever they are for you and whatever they are for me, is that we don't lose heart. It's that we don't get discouraged. It's that we don't just see the problem. So we all have problems, but if that's all we see, then we have a bigger problem. Are you with me? 
Because if all we see is the problem in front of us, we don't know how to fix it, we don't know how to get rid of it, and it's not going away on its own, then we will lose heart, we will become hopeless, we will become discouraged. And that is another problem. In, in fact, it's often a bigger problem than the problem in front of us. Did I lose you yet? <laughs> I feel like I'm writing some Dr. Seuss right now. <laughs> um, so, you know, I don't really have a solution except to say that while we were away, one of the things that God did was I think he began to lift the discouragement about the problems. And, in fact, I, I want us to pray for that. I want to pray for that tonight um, in this room. You know, what if we, we shifted our prayers from God, remove the problem, to God, help me to see the problem rightly. God, help me in the middle of the problem to not lose heart. Help me to see what you see. Because, in fact, I believe that the problems that are in the, our midst, they're actually opportunities where God is wanting to trust us and grow us. Not just take it away and keep us where we are. And so I want to pray that real quick. I want to pray that for us, that we would, if there's discouragement in our lives right now related to things that are in our lives that don't seem to be moving, that we don't seem to be able to fix or affect change in, we haven't gotten the answer for yet. I, want, I, I do want to pray that we would get the answer, that we would get understanding. But I think there's something more important here and now. It's that we would not lose heart, that we would not get discouraged in the middle of those things. Because in fact, if we get discouraged, we'll stop looking for solutions. Because we think that there aren't any. So let's pray for that for this, um, just for a minute. Jesus, I thank you that you... Um, you're with us. I thank you that as your children, Father, you, you trust us. And, and while you are holding our hands, and while you are guiding us, and while you are loving us, your love is, is, is not, um, it doesn't keep us from the things in this life that cause pain. It doesn't keep us from frustration. It doesn't keep us from, from problems. And I thank you that it is your wisdom at work. And God, I pray that, that we wouldn't be trying to pray away the things that God, you are wanting to grow us in. In fact, that is why we have the helper. It's to help us in the middle of things that we can't do on our own. We can't figure out. And God, more than anything right now, I just pray for our hearts, God. And I speak life into hearts in this room tonight. God, we, we speak your life into hearts in this room tonight. Wherever there's discouragement for 
what seems like perpetual issues, what seems like things that have not improved, what seems like things that are without solution. God, I pray that you would lift the weight of discouragement tonight. And that you would replace it with hope. That you would replace it, God, with joy. That you would replace it, God, with um, peace and this confidence that, that you are in the midst. And there's not a problem that is impossible for you. And that you are walking this out with us. And God, that you are wanting to bring heavenly solutions in Jesus' name, amen. You guys believe that? All right, I'll keep praying the prayer. Let's pray it again. I'll keep praying the prayer. It's amazing because I think that um, discouragement is is one of our biggest problems. But I think we also need... We need vision, and we need God's wisdom. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm praying that for us together, um, for what he has for us. And I'm encouraged because in the middle of, of lifting this discouragement, um, you know, when we went to California, um, I went with a specific prayer in my heart. Um, he knew the problems, and I, I'm not sharing them because— Frankly, there, there's a lots of little specific things that have been going on in my head, in my heart, um, that really maybe you don't need to know about. But, um, but there were certain things that I was praying for and asking God to speak into. And, and um, I really felt like from the moment we got there and the moment we showed up, I honestly had no clue what the conference was going to be about this year. We just, we knew we were supposed to go and... Um, and so we went, and yet from the moment we got there, God began to speak into some of the things that, um, that were in my heart that I was praying about. It wasn't the, uh, it wasn't the conference itself, actually. It was just during worship, and I was just like, I, I knew in that moment, okay, God, you're in this. You're, you're with us in this. You're hearing me, um, and you're bringing some understanding. And so I just began to write some of that stuff down. And I want to share for a few minutes on that tonight. Um, <clears throat> this summer, I really feel like one of the things that God is, is, is calling us to do together is to really take some time to evaluate. <laughs> to evaluate where we're at as a church, as a family, um, to listen, um, not just try and figure it out on our own. And I, I'm kind of talking to myself as your, as your pastor. Um, sometimes the frustration is trying to figure it out on, on my own. Um, but we're going to take some time this summer to listen to each other and to um, even just begin to create some better lines for communication and together to evaluate um, just where we're at. And specifically in that, ways that we can improve. Um, maybe that doesn't seem that big of a deal to you, but I, I really think that God is going to do something in, in, in the way of uncovering 
um, some information for us that's, that's in this room. Um, just through beginning to ask the right questions and beginning to listen to each other and um, beginning to even formulate together, you know, what are the things that we need to grow in? What are the things that we even need to continue to pray into and ask God to bring about that we can't bring about on our own? Uh, what are the things that need to improve? Um, those kind of things. Does that make sense? And so, uh, you know, I wanted to share this one tonight be- before those of you that are away for the summer um, so that you know it. And I'm hoping that we have some opportunity to glean some of that from you all while you're away. Um, take some time off first. But um, we'll be th- thinking that through. Um, for those of you that are here, um, we're going to be thinking that through for how to just open up some of those lines of communication so that we can um, just articulate some of that, hear some of that, share some of that together. Does that make sense? Um, another way we're going to specifically be seeking to improve that is just um, as it relates to the people that walk through this door, the doors of this church for the first time, um, I think they have some really valuable information for us that we haven't necessarily been getting. And so we are going to be seeking to improve just our process for getting their feedback. Newcomers, okay? People that have come for maybe a couple of weeks and, um, and they've begun to see uh, what many of us have been seeing for quite a while. They're seeing it with fresh eyes. I think there's some, some perspective there that we really need. Um, and so we're going to continue to think about how to do that better and improve on that. Um, but I want to share that because I really think that um, God's going to use that to give some direction for us for how to improve. So there's that, all right? Um, now I want to shift gears to this other thing. I want to read this from our values. Um, <clears throat> you guys remember these? If you never have gotten a zine here with the values in it, because maybe you've been around uh, longer than the values have been around, you should get one of these. Read through it. Or maybe you forgot what they were. Pop quiz, you know. We might have to do that. So check this out, all right? This is more than just words on a paper. These are, these are things that are unspoken part of how we do community together. Um, They're unspoken things that matter to us here. Things that we're all seeking, hopefully, to grow in. And when you wonder why some things are done the way they're done, these values might help give you a frame of reference for that. Okay, so I want you to take some time to, to review these at some point. All right, but I want to I specifically focus on one tonight, purposeful equipping. It's down at the bottom here, last but not least, and it says this. It says, God has made each of us with a unique purpose. No person or gift should be overlooked. We desire to see people passionately walking out their purpose, becoming more like Jesus in word and action. We're committed to providing opportunities for people to move from spectator to participator with God as he uncovers more of who he has made each of us to be. Doesn't that just sound awesome? Oh, I don't know who wrote this, but they did a great job. Um, 
purposeful equipping, all right? I want to speak into that for just a few minutes tonight, and, um, and then we'll go, we'll go eat, okay? Well, not exactly in that order. Some things in between there, um, but you get the idea. Um, <clears throat> purposeful equipping. I just, I, I feel like that was the biggest thing that God was sort of giving some vision into while we were away. Um, how we are moving together to grow in our effectiveness individually and as a body. If we're going to grow in our gifts and we're going to grow in a vision for what God has uniquely called and designed each of us for, um, we're going to need to be equipped. And this may seem obvious, and it's, it's in here. It's the first word of this, purposeful equipping. It's not just being equipped in this generic way. And, and there's some things that we do. Hopefully everything we do in regards to equipping is purposeful. But, but I think part of that purposeful is this idea of being specific in how we're equipping. Specific in how we are seeking um, to be equipped. And so there's actually two sides to this. There's providing opportunities to be equipped, but then for each of us, there's also this, this sense in which we need to know what are the things I need to grow in? What are the things I need to be equipped in? What are the specific areas and things that God has called me to, given me a passion for, that I need to nurture? So purposeful equipping is not just sort of like getting some generic tools to put in your tool belt so that you can, you know, be of use here and out in the world. It's, it's you growing specifically in the way that God has made you and designed you and in the gifts that you have so that you can be specifically effective. Does that make sense? I want to read this um, Ephesians Four, you might be wondering where, well, you know, where, where is this in the Bible? Um, that's great that you have it written down in your values. And, you know, we didn't pull that just so you know. Um, f- that didn't come straight from the Bible. There's no verse attached to it. Um, but if you go to Ephesians, Ephesians 4, <clears throat> with me for just a minute. There's this really short little part here that I think is... is um, really something we've only begun to scratch the surface on. These three little verses. Ephesians 4, verse 11. It says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service. Say, to equip his people... See that word equip? It's, it's in your Bible. There it is. For works of service. Say for works of service. Oh, yours says prepare? Well, I promise you. Look, it's right here. It's right here. Can you, can you guys see that? It's like .9 font. It says to equip. <laughs> What translation we got up there anyway? And I, that is so weird. Guys, this is NIV too. The new, new international version in NIV. There's two? What is that? That is so confusing. Anyway, um, 
for the works of service, so the body of Christ may be built up. So you have two parts here. In verse 11, it's talking about these specific offices. Let's read through those one more time. Let's see, do you have those offices? Okay, you have them. Apostles. Say apostles. Prophets. Evangelists. Pastors. Teachers. And there's actually an order to this. Doesn't doesn't necessarily specify it here, but um, I'd be guessing to tell you where it is. But it says, and I think it's in one of the Corinthians, <laughs> first apostles, then prophets. Actually, I would suggest there's an order to this grouping of offices that God is that God has designed and arranged for the building up of the church. But here are here are the five and. This is what many refer to as the fivefold ministry. And it's these offices that their roles are for the purpose of equipping the church. Right? To prepare God's people. Okay? For what? This says works of service. Um, other translations say for the ministry. And I, I like that, that translation. I mean, you can glean something from both because sometimes we think of ministry as something too narrow. Um, but when, you know, we've said in the past, and I'll say it again, we're all called to ministry. When you, we're all called actually because when Jesus said your name and said, come to me, you were called. We're all called. And we're all not just called in this generic sense, but we are all called to impact, to ministry, to service to the world, to bring the kingdom of God. Your ministry, my ministry, it's not just in this room. It's not just anything that has the light stamped on it. It's wherever you go. But we're all called to the ministry. And so this understanding, verse 11 and 12, and us beginning to understand specifically how it's meant to work out in the church, in the body, is so crucial. So crucial. Honestly, like I said, we've only begun to figure it out. And when I look back on verse 11, go back to that. All right, here's, here's an example. Do you guys know who the apostles are in our church? The prophets, the evangelists. Do you know who the pastors are? <laughs> Might have a better guess there. The teachers. See, I think actually in our in our pursuit of being purposeful and equipping, we need to get to the place where we're figuring out how to equip people in these roles. And that's kind of weird. You know, much of the church is kind of like wants to stay away from half of this list. (laughs) To me, that's problematic to begin with. Maybe it's because we don't understand, or maybe it's because of theology that says, well, um, you know, we only have pastors and teachers today and evangelists, but the apostles and the prophets. Um, Those guys are gone now. Um, 
But I think we have to understand this, and we have to equip for this, so that we can do the second part of this. And so I would submit to you that in some ways, if equipping is being done by a pastor or even a group of pastors and teachers at, at best in many cases, we're, we're, we're missing more than half of God's design for this. <clears throat> so I don't know how it all looks, but I do believe that one of the things God is wanting to do for us is bring us into a focus in our equipping so that the prophetic gifts in this room, the apostolic gifts in this room, the evangelistic gifts in this room are being poured into. The teaching gifts in this room, the pastoral gifts in this room are being poured into. One of the specific ways God was speaking into this for me, I can just share this example for now, but there's a long way to go in us working this out. So I'm just kind of giving you um, some of the big picture here, okay? Um, you know, I'm grateful for people in our church who've begun to come and stand up here and hold this microphone and, and own the, the wobbly podium and, um, and share from the Word. I'm grateful for Luke. I'm grateful for John. I'm grateful for those of you that have done this um, in the past and will do it in the future. But you know, one of the things God showed me while I was away was that it, it's not enough to, to just call on folks when I'm going out of town. <laughs> in fact, I'm kind of bummed because I never get to hear those sermons, except later, you know, I don't get to hear them live like you guys. So I heard it was good last week, but I wasn't here for it. And I won't be here next week. It's going to be good. I, I already read the notes. Um, <laughs> it's going to be good. But I really feel like God was saying, I want you to train a a, a group of people and, and prepare a group of people to serve in this way, not just when you're out of town. And, and I, I feel like actually, you know, one of the things I've been struggling with um, for a while now is just coming up against these, these times where there's topics, there's things that I know are on God's heart, but I don't feel equipped to, to speak them to you guys. I don't feel like in some ways actually they're my message to share. It's weird. And so what happens is I either have to fake it. That's never good. Or I come up here before you guys and I say something like, guys, I don't know what the heck is going on today. I'm just going to share with you what I have. And, and thank you for your grace. <laughs> you might have heard that sermon before. Um, and what I felt like God was saying is that... Um, you know, there are times where there are things in front of us, things that he wants to do in his church that um, he's wanting to grow us into. But there are other times where those things, the reason that we don't feel equipped for them is because they're somebody else's. They're somebody else's. Does that make sense? Do this for me, if it does. If it doesn't, do this. I'll, I'll explain it another way. I feel like some of those messages that I've been trying to, to, to give to you guys, they're somebody else's. And so rather than it just being, 
you need to grow in this. It's actually you need to equip and give place for somebody else who, who I've already given this to. Or I've already equipped for this. And this is the picture of the body. This is why we need to be equipped. Because I think actually in this room there are things that we've been trying to do that they're somebody else's. We just don't know it yet. Maybe you don't even know it yet. Maybe it's yours and you don't even know it yet because you haven't yet said yes to it. You haven't yet, um, maybe we just haven't given you enough direction and encouragement to, to say this is yours, grow in it. But I feel like God is saying, this is what I want to bring you into. This is actually my design, my wisdom for the church. Not that there would be one person or a few people trying to do all of it. Because there's some of it that you can't do because it's somebody else's. That's the body. Do you realize that? That's the body. That metaphor. That, that picture of who we are, what we are as the church. The body. Arms, legs, limbs. Working together. I'm encouraging this because it's already beginning to happen. I'm, I'm really thankful for David. I want to just honor him for a second. Um, I feel like God has been pouring vision into David's, David's heart in this area to really intentionally help us grow in equipping. And, um, yeah, can we just thank David for a second? He's by no means the only one, but he's really begun to run with some things and, you know, in the middle of busy schedule and other demands, um, just take some of the things that God has given him a vision for and begin to implement it. And so one of the things that we're doing with our leaders over the next two months is, is something called Destiny Finders, and it's really trying to get at the heart of this. And my hope is that eventually it's something that we'll be able to um, to extend if it goes well to to our church as a whole. Um, just this process of of continuing to evaluate and be aware of well, what is the thing that God has uniquely called me to? How has He uniquely designed me um, that nobody else um, should be doing because it's it's here? And and how do I begin to nurture that? Um, and, and, and that becoming information that now we're aware of as well, and, and we can nurture it on our side, and you can nurture it on yours, and so that you can grow in it in this purposeful, specific way. I'm excited for that. I'm just excited for, for other people getting up here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be working on that. <laughs> John Dorsey, all right. And you have ideas, you let me know, man. Um, all right. Does that sound good? You getting it? Is there anything else? There was a verse 13. What does verse 13 say? Until we all reach unity in, in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. You see why this is important? It's not just so that the light would, would, would function better. 
It's so that we would actually represent Jesus more fully. It's kind of a little bit beyond us, the vision for this, in a good way. In a good way. Jesus is saying, I want you to look more like me. I want there to be a unity in your midst. I want there to be a, through that unity, I want there to be a picture that is more true to who I am. I don't know about you, but I want that. I want to pray for that for a minute. I want to pray for God's vision and wisdom in this conversation to continue and the ins and outs of it. I'm sure, you know, good things happen when we leave. You guys are going to come up with some great ideas while we're gone. Just, just let it not be completely unfamiliar when we come back because you've already begun to implement so many of them. I don't recognize it, okay? That was a little bit of a joke, but... Uh, let's pray. Daddy, we thank you for your wisdom. We thank you that in your wisdom, you chose us and you called us the body of Jesus Christ. What a responsibility, what a privilege, what a crazy idea. And not just an idea, but a reality. And we are the body even when we're not functioning the way that we should. It doesn't make us any less the body. It just makes us unhealthy body. Dysfunctional body. Jesus, I thank you for your wisdom. And I thank you for your spirit among us. You are the spirit of wisdom. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would shed light in our midst and you would continue to breathe on the things that need to be fixed, the places where there's dysfunction, God, the places where we've yet to own what you've called us to, we've yet to own who we are, the places where we've yet to encourage and fan the flame in each other. God, would you give us an intentionality in that? Would you renew this value and deepen this value to be purposeful in our raising up each other to be who you've called us to be? God, I pray that the prophetic God would just would, would just expand in this place because the prophetic is the, the very thing that calls forth that which is in us, that which is... Uh, underneath the surface, that which, that which you see, which maybe we, we haven't even begun to see yet. And you called it forth into destiny, into purpose, into being. God, we pray for the apostolic, God, that your, your kingdom, your values, your way of doing things would be more and more our reality. that you would continue to press that on those with that gift and how specifically we can usher it in together. Lord, we pray for the office 
of evangelists, God. Lord, we know we're all called to testify and to be a witness, God. But, Lord, I thank you for those that you have given a heart, this burning fire, to, to see the lost know you, to see your name proclaimed, spoken to ears that haven't heard of your goodness. Lord, I pray you would use those hearts in the coming days to get us beyond ourselves, to get us beyond our routines, God, to get us beyond our comfort zones, the relationships that we're familiar with that are easy for us, God. That you would, you would use those hearts to get us to continue to go. God, we thank you for the hearts of pastors and the hearts of teachers. Lord, those that are so good at nurturing relationships, so good at cultivating an environment where relationships can grow. those that have a burning passion to speak your truth to make sense of things that sometimes are hard to make sense of Lord increase those gifts Lord so that we could see those offices fully realized more fully realized in this church so that your people would be equipped that we would we would look like you Jesus you are the head you are you are our leader and you are the source of all those things and so we look to you for all of it thank you that you gave us yourself Thank you that you gave us yourself so freely. Tonight we come to receive that. We come to receive your your body broken for us and your blood poured out. And the new life that we have because of your sacrifice. The purpose we now have. It's all embedded in your sacrifice. Our purpose in you. As we take communion tonight, God, Lord, we pray you would strengthen us in those things by your body and by your blood. In Jesus' name.